Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second episode of the Axis of Combat podcast. I am your co-host, Ray, a.k.a. Big Boogie, a.k.a. Boogie Kahuna. Y'all know the rest. Follow my co-host here. Hugo the boss, Hugo got next. You already know. You've seen the first two episodes, you already know. That's right, that's <laughs> right. Uh, we got a couple things to talk about, you know. We got, uh, we got the recap, we got the Super Bowl, and we got today's card. Well, not today's card, but... This weekend's card, which is horrid. Might as well be today's card, to yes. be honest. So, <laughs> If you thought Derek Lewis and uh, Spivak was bad, woo, get ready for this one. I'm telling you, it's, it's rough. It is rough. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty bad card. It's pretty bad. You know, there's, there's not a lot of spots to bet in that card, so there's going to be very few bets for that card. So uh, ju- just to give you guys a heads up, and, you know, that one we're going to breeze through quick. We're going to talk about UFC 284 first because there's just a lot more. Um, there's a lot more to talk about with that card. And um, then we're going to go into the Super Bowl, which I'm sure most of you seen. Some of you guys probably seen that very mid-Rihanna performance. But, you know, it is what it is, you we'll, know. We'll talk about that. We'll talk, we'll about, talk about, about that, that. as well. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, um, yeah, so just kick off uh, UFC 284. We, uh, we want to talk about some of the bets that we made that didn't pan out because we own our bets on this podcast. Um, Zabirov, I'm not going to pronounce his last name. Zabir, Zabira and I... Um, Terhugov. Terhugov. Yeah. I, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> and Elvis Brenner, that that fight was like just messy. Um, Brenner showed a granite chin. Tuhugov should have packed him up, but that fight was a robbery. Yes, Arlene was actually correct. He did not lose that fight, even though he lost it in the judges' scorecards. But we are going to own it as a loss because you know a bet to bet. Anything you want to add to that fight? Tuhugov was not a six twenty five favorite. That's all I'm going to say about that one. <laughs> that one, he did win. That was a very questionable decision that came Brenner's way, but yeah, uh, I I bad bet either way. I feel like who? Yeah. <laughs> um, going on to the next one, I didn't bet on this fight, but um, you did. Yes, I did. Builder, my my dog, dog my of the dog. night, dog of the night came <laughs> through, baby. <laughs> Shang Young, mid. <laughs> Builder, not mid. Did his thing. I was happy about that one. Yeah. And um, the next fight, uh, Loma Luke Bumi came through for us after, you know, going through some uh, terrible turbulence in the first round. Elise Reed actually had her in some trouble. And uh, she came back and stopped her via submission, which nobody bet on. But I threw heavy money on her straight, even though she was like a minus 235 favorite. And, you know, you know, rightfully so. It's just there, there was too many variables in this fight. And. Elise Reed is a habitual line stepper, and she just does not make trusted decisions in the octagon as expected. And Loma capitalized, subbed her. I think it's not, I, I don't even think it's Loma's second or third submission in her whole career. I think it was her first submission, if I'm. It, <laughs> had, was, it was kind of insane. We had a lot of first submissions on this card. It so was, yeah. Let, let's just, you know, as we continue. But moving forward, Jamie Malarkey and, and Francisco Prado. Uh, we thought this fight was going to go under two and a half rounds. Uh, it did not happen. We own it. I always say there's such a thing as good, bad bets and bad, bad bets. And maybe some good, bad bets. Yeah. Those are called lucky bets. <laughs> lucky bets. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hugoff was, a, was a, I will say, I think was a 
was an ugh bet. So I will own that one. But I will say, any Jamie Malarkey fight, I will be taking under two and a half rounds. This is the first fight where he actually managed distance. He stood very calculated. He stood behind the jab. He felt Francisco's power early, and Francisco felt his power early, and they just decided not to engage each other, and it led to kind of a slow, clearly edged out decision win by Jamin Malarkey, but it's a bet that I would make again, I, obviously pending the opponent, but I did not expect Francisco Prado to get so rattled Jason, just from Jamin Malarkey's jab and a few overhands because Francisco's the type of guy to, to give two to get, get two to give one. So, you know, I will make that bet again. 10, 10 out of 10 times going forward. So. I agree. I think uh, Malarkey uh, fought a very smart fight. I think he fought that. I, if you had to say, I think that was probably his best fight so far. Best performance in the UFC. Technically, yeah. From and a technical standpoint. I think he just didn't want to lose to Prado, so he uh, he made sure he didn't lose to Prado. So. Right. Unfortunate for, unfortunate for our, our picks, but it is what it is. So that's we're two for one cumulatively. Well, two for two cumulatively up on this card. So it's not too bad so far. Clayton Rodriguez, he starts Shannon Ross. Um, we, we, there, was, there was no place to bet him, but he was our lean. Yep, nothing much to say there. He just ran right through him. Um, Tyson Pedro, as we told you, you can refer back to episode, um, what is it, one of this podcast. We told you habitual line stepper didn't, you know, Henry Hunsucker and Ike Villanueva were his last two opponents. He completely steamrolled them as he should have. But he, you know, he just runs out of gas and then he gets stopped. If he doesn't pack you up in the first round or round and a half, it's over for him. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long night for him. And that's exactly what it, what it was with, with uh, Bukowskis. Bukowskis' cardio just held up as, it, as expected, as we spoke about in the last podcast. And he packed them up early. I agree. Uh, Bukowskis was able to drag him into the deep water and uh, dr- he just drowned Pedro. Also, Pedro... Uh, did you hear about Pedro having explosive diarrhea post-fight? It was uh, a little weird. It's, just, it's a nice excuse. He had a whole bunch of excuses. It was pretty bad. It's uh, pretty bad, man. He, yeah. he, he just don't got it. <laughs> explosive diarrhea. Yikes. Uh, Alonzo Menafield and Jimmy Crute, we got half half right. Alonzo actually went to a draw, rightfully so, because he did grab the cage. But if he did not get that point deduction in the fight, he would have won the fight. So our dog pick there was right, besides obviously the um, the um, the the point deduction. But regardless, we didn't put any money in that fight, so that's on record. Um, Parker Porter, we did lose you guys money there, which Ooh. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ, Justin Taffa turned into uh, uh, who's the other guy named Mark Hunt? He turned into Mark Hunt. <laughs> Post fight, he said, "If you reach, I teach. I teach." He cleaned. He cleaned out Porter. Oh my God! Turned Porter into a porterhouse. You feel me? <laughs> <laughs> so you know, it was it was bad, man. And you know, Parker. I, listen, I still think if I if I had to make that pick again, I'd probably make that pick again. I just didn't think Parker got. You know, he got started. He got caught early. It's low level heavyweights. Yeah. Um, we knew the risk. But I, you know, I want to put some money on it just because I thought Parker could drag him into deep waters and drown him. But unfortunately, that didn't work our way. Um, and the last losing bet of the fight of the night, um, our pick was correct. Jack Della Mandalena. 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 Mouthful there. And <laughs> hey, yo. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, what I will say is that, um, you know, 
he is he is very special. Um, I I was I said he was on the cusp of special. This fight showed that he was special. He did it to someone like Randy Brown. As I told you guys, Randy Brown's chin would get tested in this fight. It did. He got clapped early. Um, there was no other spots really to bet him besides him for the knockout because the the over under was completely juiced. Yep. Um, unless you got it early, but um, we you know we work with you guys. We bet at the same time as you guys, so. You know, don't feel too bad there. But our pick was right. It was his second submission win of his whole career, which is crazy. Everyone else he's beat is beaten by knockout. Knockout a decision. Second submission um, win of his career. And, you know, of course, he would do it after punching Randy. Randy face plants, and then he jumps on him. And, and then he says, you know what? I'm just done beating you. My hands hurt. I'm going to go and just choke you now. With a rear naked choke that he slipped in last second before stopping the fight. Bro, Randy ate canvas. It was bad. <laughs> he had butted the canvas. It was pretty bad. That was insane. Randy talked so much, so much shit before the fight. And, you know, it was, it was, you know, it was, it was just a bad look on him. You know, like he got starched, man. Um, now to bring us back, Yair Rodriguez and Islam Makachev brought us back to life. Um, heaviest bets that we made that night were on those two. Yep. Save, saved our pockets, either help us break even on some betting accounts or um, helped us to, you know, overachieve or just, you know, make up for some of the, you know, some of the, the, eh, that happened on this card. Like, you know, even that Jack Della, that's another example of a, of a, of a prop that I would pick 10 out of 10 times after this, because he's, there's no way he's going to submit everyone else that he fights. It's just not going to happen, you know? Um, but he, you know, his hands are so crazy, but going forward with Yair and, and Islam, definitely the right bets, and um, definitely proud that we put a lot of heavy, we put a lot of heavy money on them, and they definitely saved our nights. Yair completely steamrolled Josh Emmett, and uh, Islam Makachev. You know, thankfully for us, he actually went through hell and high water to you know to win this fight against Volkanovski because Volkanovski showed you that he's arguably the greatest featherweight of all time. In this fight, he really did. He did a lot of things that were, I wouldn't say unexpected, but he he surprised a lot of people, including myself and my my you know my loving brother right next to me. So, I mean, listen, <clears throat> by the end of that fight, it, whew, I it could have went either way. I'm being honest with you. Uh, I picked Islam. I thought Islam might have lost, might have won. It was tough. It was scary. I didn't. I didn't know which way they were gonna go. I think uh, round two was probably the uh, closest round to judge. I think you give rounds one and four to Islam, and you give rounds three and definitely five to Volk. Uh, I had it. Yeah, it could have went three two either way, but uh, oof. Yeah, that fight that judge you gave it four rounds to one for for Islam. He's crazy. Yeah, that fight was close. Like I, I was prepared to lose my money in that fight. Yeah, I was because I thought there was a chance that Volkanovski pulled a rabbit out of the hat and got the job done. I thought I lost. I thought, I, yeah. yeah. I, when I, I first looked, I thought I lost. When I rewatched the fight a little bit, I, I was like, you know what? I, I might have lost. Might have <laughs> lost, but not really, not really. Because I, I was telling you during the fight, I said I thought Islam was committing more damage during the rounds that were tight. Yeah. The damage he was landing, he was clearly hurting Volkanovski. Volkanovski finished stronger for sure. Volkanovski definitely took, I think, round three. Not yeah. Re- yeah. yeah, yeah. Say Volk three, Volk three. 
and uh, Vogue Five. Vogue Five. Yeah, one, five for sure. One, two, and four. I thought were um were, were Islam all yeah. day. Two, I, two still being like the the round that kind of like I'm still on the fence about personally. But like round four is when he uh, uh that's when Islam was able to rock him, then take his back. And had him in that triangle position. Had his back for like about three and a half minutes that fight. While Volk was like throwing back punches and getting f- clearly frustrated because, you know, he couldn't get out of the hold. But, you know, some people are arguing they should give that to Volk. But nah. like, come on, man. That little Peter Pack damage, that, that's, not really, that's not real damage, man. Anyone, who, who, anyone who's done competitive grappling or like even just training grappling, um, just basic training. You have to understand how difficult it is to take somebody's back. Yes. Like you get points in jiu-jitsu for taking somebody's back. Yes. In a jiu-jitsu match. Yeah. Um, and the reason being is because it's very difficult to get to an opponent's back and then hold them there. Um, doesn't matter if he wasn't landing damage. I don't even agree with the new MMA criteria where if you're throwing back punches and you're affecting them, but they have your back, it, I think that's crazy. And- I think like, you know, I understand damage is king. But taking someone's back, they're in a position where they can barely hurt you and you can strangle them. Yeah, and I think that's where the controversy kind of comes from because of the way judges are supposed to score where damage rules all. So it's like some people are arguing that Islam, um, I mean, he kind of was, but kind of wasn't. He kind of, you know, when he was holding him, he did take that a little bit as a rest period there, but and wasn't really looking for submission, but kind of was at the same time. I mean, it doesn't matter. He still had his back at the end of the day. And anything that Volk was throwing back, I mean, I don't think I don't think it was very I don't think it's significant enough, or as as significant as what Islam did to get him down in the first place. Because Islam hit him in the beginning of that round, hurt him, and then took his back. Yes, like you know, dam- damage has to mean something, and especially like when those circumstances get you to the floor, they have to be acknowledged. Yes, they just have to be acknowledged. And you know, I see people online complaining that like. Oh, well, he was holding him. No, he wasn't holding him. He was working for submissions. Wokanasi was just doing a good job defending the submissions. And it technically, it's the referee's job to stop the fight if they're stalling. Exactly. Um, the referee, you know, he saw what, what I saw. And what I saw was Volk was, uh, Islam was actively attacking the back, actively just trying to get um, Volk in positions where he was uncomfortable. But Volk did a good job of not allowing him to get to those positions where he was comfortable. He did a lot of good things, fighting the hands, keeping his base low, um, using defense as a friend. You know, Islam, I never seen Islam struggle that much to get someone to the floor. Yes. It was, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty remarkable performance from Volk. Um, yeah. So if you want to complain about anybody stalling, I mean, it's the referee's job to stop that. And if the referee didn't see any kind of stalling, then I don't think, you know, get mad at the ref. Don't get mad at Islam for doing what he had to do. Don't get, at, don't get mad at Volk. For trying to bait Islam and even bait the ref a little bit into like, hey, look, you know, I'm, he's just punching straight backwards, but not really doing anything at the same time. Like that's an Islam round, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. And, um, you know, now there's discussion about this pound for pound, this pound for pound discussion happening with the UFC. And yeah. what's your take on it? Who do you have as your pound for pound number one? Islam or Volk? <laughs> John Jones. <laughs> when he wins his uh, heavyweight uh, debut. No, but seriously, um, <laughs> it, no, seriously, it's probably going to be John Jones. But as of right now, I still listen. The whole pound for pound thing is like it's so arbitrary and subjective. There's no rule set or any kind of like criteria for anybody to like really 
form or like base their rankings off of like the whole pound for pound thing is literally something that's, you know, I don't want to say imaginary. Imaginary is probably the wrong word. To it's use. opinionated. It's yeah. too opinionated. But it's there's, very opinionated. There's no rubric. Yes. There's no, there's no kind of anything. It's all, you know, it's, it's just something that's made up so we can kind of figure out who we think the best fighter is a pound for pound, you know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, my brother is correct. What I will say is that um, it doesn't really matter. He, both, either one of those guys better hold on for long because John Jones is back. You know, he's coming back in the next couple of weeks. And I ex- we expect him to beat Cyril Gunn. We really do. Um, yes. Um, and then he's going to regain that uh, that pound for pound status, you know. So it doesn't really matter, you know, what any of these guys, uh, you know, what any of these guys really do. But um, what I will say is it's, I just think uh, John Jones is going to be pound for pound king and that's all she wrote. Yeah, I mean, at the and at the same time, it's like, again, again, these are pound for pound rankings. These are imaginary rankings that we do to try to gauge skill. So it's like, is Volk ever going to fight John Jones? No. Is Volk? Uh, I mean, is Islam ever going to fight John Jones? No. no. So it's kind of like, you know, it's 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 a, it's very like, for me, at least in my opinion, I think the pound for pound rankings are very um, skill and resume based instead of like, because like these guys technically are not supposed to be fighting each other. They're pound for, like it's pound for pound for a reason. Right. You know, we're taking who we think is the best overall fighter, you know, and then, you know, this is only just UFC based. I mean, we're not talking about people like DJ, who I think still is, is a king. P- is a pound for pound fighter. Absolutely. But you know, since he's not in UFC anymore, like people just forgot about him completely. Yeah, and I'll be honest, like you know, if you want to argue that um, Volk is gonna main should maintain that number one spot, that's fine. Like I completely get that. Um, his resume is deeper. He's beat the the higher level of competition, but Islam did beat him in a fight. Is Balkanowski is a big name on Islam's resume, and that should be considered if you are considering putting him up top. But like I said, it doesn't really matter anymore because John Jones is back, Big Daddy's back, and uh, he's moving up to heavyweight. And once he gets that heavyweight strap, I think the debate about who is the GOAT, include you know, steroids or not, whatever accusations have been thrown John's way, GSP, all those conversations go out the window once he gets that strap, in my opinion. I think he just solidifies his legacy as the GOAT. You know, with with that heavyweight uh, strap around his waist, then, you know, the, you know, I don't think he should ever be removed off the pound for pound list until, unless someone can replicate what he does or um, exceeds what he does. Which, you know, good luck. Or because, if, or if he retires, because I feel like you know, to be on pound for pound, you should be active, right? And that the reason why he's not currently on the pound for pound is because he hasn't fought in like what? three years. Yeah, yeah, two three years if I'm correct. So it is what it is. But um, anyways, moving on, uh, we had the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, terrible call. Terrible. Great game. Great game. Great game. Great game. That that's why the ter- the call was even more terrible. Yes. Um, because people people felt you know people most people felt that the call it was pretty much a no call. He barely grabbed the jersey. It was a hold by the letter of the law. By the letter of the rule, it was a hold. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was so many more egregious plays made during the game. On, you know, that should have been called for flags that weren't called. So it's like you're going to call on the last minute and a half when these guys used all of, when the Philadelphia Eagles used all of their timeouts and say, oh, yeah, well, flag on, you know, <clears throat> on Bradbury, on Juju, when he, you know, it wasn't even an egregious foul. Let these guys play out, 
Kansas City kicks the ball or gets a touchdown there, Philly has about a little under two minutes to get the ball down the field, either kick the ball, you know, kick the ball for a field goal or get a touchdown. This thing goes to overtime and becomes even even an even bigger game. Um yeah. and what listen, I'm not saying Philly would have won. You know, may, let me make this clear, audience. I'm not saying Philly would have won. I'm not saying Kansas City would have won. I just would have liked to see it play out. Once the referee uh, made that call, it iced the game. The game was over, and um, Kansas City was going to come home with it unless um, B- Buckner, right? Buckner, the K- Harrison Buck. I cannot pronounce his last name. Who know? cares? He's it, a kicker. It, it's, it's, you know, but the K- he's a cat's terrible. He's a kicker. Who he's cares? a kicker. Who cares? <laughs> but um, he, um, you know, unless he missed the field goal, it was, it was a wrap. It was a wrap, you know, so... Um, you know, what should, you know, how do you feel about all this? Well, listen, excellent game. Excellent game. Jalen Hurts played his ass off. Yes. Played his ass off. Scored three touchdowns. Uh, Pat- Patrick Mahomes played his ass off on one leg. You know, both, it was very back and forth. The game was great. Um, one of my favorite Super Bowls in a while until the referees decided to take the ball out of the Eagles' hands, essentially, with that. Like, the, thing, the thing that bothers me is that they let so many other calls go. They let these players play for the most part. Right. You understand? They let them play, you know? And there was way more egregious calls, particularly on Juju. I think it was like around second quarter. First, second quarter. First, second quarter. He was getting held OD. And he was visibly frustrated yeah. from, from being held. But, like, they let so many calls go. And to, to make a call by, and listen, by the letter of the law, by the letter of the NFL rules, they have, they were, they're, they're, it's not like they weren't correct. They were correct in making that call. The problem is, is that it just it ruins not I don't ruins is such a bad word, but it, like, it did though it did though because you you would have like just you would like to you would have liked to have seen the players play um decide the game yes not the refs yes and and that's and that's that's real it's unfortunate know? it's unfortunate that that happened because again if they if again they they let other way more egregious calls just let just go. Mm-hmm. You know, the referees, I think they needed to swallow their whistle there and just let it play out because, man, with less than two minutes, the Eagles were already calling their timeouts. They were making their stops. They were going to force the Chiefs to field goal there. And then Jalen Hurts probably would have the ball with a little more than a minute left, maybe. And it would be between one to two minutes. I mean, they would have used. What I will say is, yeah, this card, we're not going to be taking too much time on this because there are not a lot of good spots to bet this. So bear with us and uh, get ready to uh, take some of our knowledge on, you know, which what stuff to bet on and what to uh, look forward to for this weekend. There's nothing really to look forward to this weekend. <laughs> Let's be honest. This card is rough. It's, it's stripped down to the to bare bones. I mean, again, like my brother said, Vera Sanhagen was supposed to headline this card. Mir Shark was supposed to fight Abus Magomedov. That's off the card. Selecki was supposed to fight Benoit Saint Denis. That's off the card. Great fights. And on top of that, Talia Santos was the original opponent for Blanchfield. That got scrapped. And uh, Andrade, the beast she is, even though she fought like what less than a month ago. Yeah, she's like, "Yo, sign me up." 
Yeah, and, and and Santos and Blanchfield is a great fight too. Yes. I would have just loved to see the jujitsu exchanges between them, and you know they are they're both pretty pretty well versed on the floor. Um, but um, anyway, to kick off this card, we have Juan Camilo Ronderos versus Clayton Carpenter. Who? <laughs> Clayton Concrete Con- Concrete Carpenter versus Juan Camilo One Hundred. Ronderos. What you got for me? This is, this is a flyweight fight. Carpenter, 26, fighting Arizona. He's making his debut. Um, he looks good. He looks very good. Uh, he's a junior uh, Golden Gloves boxing champ, four-time national Muay Thai champ. Um, he's got very good striking, mixes levels well, calf kicks, front kicks. Uh, he could, you know, He switches stances mid-combo, which is really good. Uh, he's got some nice ground and pound work. And he's just he's just very good overall, but still kind of raw. He's only 6-0. and He's got a very uh solid, like open mat shooting. Like he 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 can he can take you down from the middle of the mat. Like he's he's a solid guy. His opponent, uh, he was originally emo- <clears throat> he was earmarked for the contender series, but uh they needed him to step in short notice. He lost to uh, uh at the time eleventh ranked David Dovrak. Um, and what's notable about that is, uh, he didn't look that good. Uh, Dovrak was able to rear naked choke him with one arm. He <laughs> didn't like, it was, <laughs> and then the next day, um, Ron, <laughs> next day, Ron Darrow's pops for cocaine. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's from Colombia. I don't want to make any kind of assumptions. I mean, he is also in Vegas <laughs> again. I don't want to make any kind of assumptions. Uh, people want to uh, listen. People are probably, he didn't even know that he was going to fight. He was probably just at home casually doing some cocaine. <laughs> didn't know he was going to fight in less than 24 hours. He got the call. He said, yeah, on Coke, on Coke probably. And then, you know, he got ran over, got one arm, one arm rear naked choked. Yeah. And then got suspended for two years. Who so. says cocaine makes you numb? Not none, not none to your, your your neck get choked. I tell you that much. I mean, he also missed weight, but then that that you could kind of let slide because literally he got the call within less than twenty four hours to appear for the fight. But the cocaine thing, I mean, eh, you know, you be the judge of that, I guess. Oh yeah. Uh, you taking any bets in this fight? Mylene, Carpenter, no bet. As of yet, I would have to look at the numbers. Um, but I, I do like Carpenter to win. I, I just don't like Ronderos. I think he's uh, overrated, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I agree with you. I don't I don't know where I stand in this fight at the moment. I'm going to wait. And, you know, guys, follow us on Twitter. You already know. Um, <laughs> you already know our handles. You've seen it already in the beginning of this video. But um, there's not a lot of footage on either of these guys. There's not a lot of – they have to kind of prove it to us, you know, at this point. But Carpenter should win this fight um, pending, you know – Ronderos doesn't come in there coked out of his mind and he had a full training camp without <laughs> cocaine. But you know, we'll see what it is. But um, you know, we'll you know, follow us on Twitter and we'll give you some updates essentially on where we might lean later in this week, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But anyway, moving on to the next fight, we have AJ Fletcher fighting Themba Gorimbo. Who? Yes, AJ the ghost, Fletcher, Themba the answer, Gorimbo. Fletcher coming in on last mo- last uh, last minute notice for this fight. 
Yes, he's uh, the original opponent for uh, Garimbo is uh, another uh, Dana White Contender Series guy named Billy Goff. Uh, he pulled out, don't know why. Fletcher raised his hand, said, I want this guy. And uh, I think for good reason. I think Fletcher could win this fight, to be honest. Uh, Garimbo was, is okay. Uh, he doesn't have good striking. He, he overreaches. The, you know, he'll throw punches and not move his feet. Uh, what Garimbo's good at, though, is uh, grappling. I think he wants this fight on the ground. Um, decent. He'll, he'll work off his back for submissions. Uh, and if he doesn't have any submissions, he'll, he knows how to use the cage to get up. But, uh, I mean, Fletcher's a beast. Uh, gasses quickly. See, some people blame his last fight because he fought uh, Ange- Angelusa. Uh, I think that was in Salt Lake City. Yeah. And altitude. The altitude might have played a factor. Also, uh, when he tried to finish him, he couldn't do it. He exerted a lot of energy mm-hmm. trying to finish him that, that second round because he rocked him. He got him hurt. Couldn't get him out. If I had to describe Fletcher in one word, it's uh, physicality, explosive. Everything he does is explosive. He doesn't have the best technique, um, but his uh, athleticism and his explosiveness make up for that. He gets up explosive. He punches explosively. He's just an explosive physical guy. Yeah, I, and I, I agree with you. I think uh, Fletcher should win this fight. I'm definitely, um, I'm definitely on board with like you know Fletcher and what he presents. I think he's the bigger puncher. I think he's the better wrestler. I think he presents a lot of problems for um, Garimbo. Um, but um, what I will say is that um, AJ does have the tendency to gas in his fights. It makes it a little alarming for me to throw he- heavy money on him. Um, he he does have the tendency to just like, you know, if he doesn't get you out of there, especially if he overexerts, you know, it, he, he can get finished. He can very well get finished towards the mid half to later half of the fight. And... Um, I like the um, the bet that I am going to make for this fight. It's going to be under two and a half. Um, I don't know if uh, you agree with that, but you know, I think that's that's probably the the bet I'm going to make. I would I would have to think about it a little more, but I think that sounds about right to be honest. Uh, but I could see as well too if he doesn't pack up Garimbo early, he's um, he gets tired, he runs into he takes like a lazy shot, gets guillotined. Yep. I could see that too, you know. So I, I am going to choose violence here. I think. I think this fight under two and a half, I think is the bet I'm going to be making. Um, I'm willing to put my, my neck on the line for that one. But um, anyways, on to the next fight. We have Ovin St. Peru. Ovin St. Peru. I said Peru. He's not from there. He's from Haiti. Oh, oh, OSP versus Felipe Linz at 205. Um, I don't have a lot, to, a lot of good things to say to this fight, so I'm going to let you lead off with it. Well, I don't have anything good to say about this fight either. <laughs> OSP, <laughs> I mean, I think he's a shell of himself. I mean, he beat up the ghost of uh, Shogun. OSP, uh, he's just not good. I think, uh, I don't think he's the guy he used to be. And Philip Linz got knocked out by Bozer, something he shares with OSP. Also got knocked out by Bozer. <laughs> I mean, something else he shares with OSP is they both moonlighted at heavyweight. Yeah, it's a, it's a scary fight to bet on because someone could get finished early in this fight. Um, even Limbs, I think his numbers are too juiced to bet on him. Like, his numbers are way too high to, to put any good money on him. I also think that um, <clears throat> that these guys can either do two things. They can murk each other within the first two minutes 
where they can fight a nice, safe fight and move around, move around their feet, not really put out too much volume. Lynch, Lynch does put out um, a lot more volume than OSP, but I just don't see, you know, but let's put it this way, guys. You know, cut all this out. There, there's a thing. You go to your settings on your betting apps. There's a help center. In that help center, there's a phone number. You call that phone number and you say, I need help if you bet this fight. This is this is like straight up like 1-800-GAMBLERS. Listen, if you don't want to call 1-800-GAMBLERS, the next best thing is just to, when this fight starts, you log out. You close your betting app. You turn off your phone and you throw your phone across the room. <laughs> Until this fight is over. And then maybe you pick your phone back up and maybe you log back in. Do not bet on this fight. If I had to pick, I think Linz maybe wins. Only because I think he has faster hands. I don't know. This 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 fight is rough. It's terrible. It's terrible. Don't bet on it. Who cares about this fight? Let's move on. Yeah. Next, we got Jamal Emmers versus Oof. Hussein Ash Ashkabov. Who? Ask Habov. Ask, oh man. Ask, who? ask, who? stop it. <laughs> Hussein Askabov. I think that's how you say his name. Askabov. Askabov. Yeah. And this fight, what, how do you feel about this fight? Um, well, we'll start on the Hussein Askabov side. Um, he's 23 and 0. He's undefeated. Um, his record might be a little padded, but you know, I, not you know you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. I mean Khabib's. I'm not saying he's Khabib, but Khabib's record was also a little padded before he got here. Turned out to be the goat, arguably the goat. Not in not in my book, but you know he's up there. Whatever. <laughs> That's another story for another day. Um, his game is ground and pound. I think he wants this fight on the ground. Um, he's got slick submissions. And uh, I he's 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 a. He's a good overall fighter but i just think emmers is just better he's a flow fighter and uh when i say flow fighter i mean he goes with the flow even if it's against the current <laughs> you know sometimes uh he's got all the tools i think he's got very good striking uh he's got very good wrestling he's been wrestling since high school uh he's just a solid overall fighter i just the only problem he has is sometimes he just turns his brain off i think you know <laughs> You know, he doesn't make the best in-fight decisions. And I don't know if that's just because, again, he's just a flow fighter. He kind of just goes with the flow. Or, like, he's got, like, this Masvidal thing where, you know, he'll fight. Uh, you level know, with uh, opponents or something. Yeah. He'll, yeah, he'll just fight a grappler and just try to grapple with the grappler because he wants to prove he's a good grappler, you know. <laughs> or strike with the striker because he thinks he's a good striker even though when he should wrestle the striker and then strike the grappler. You know, Sabatini ended up tearing his leg up after he got Sabatini down because he wanted to hold on to a, a some kind of toehold. A toehold, yeah. And ended up shredding his knee. Yeah, but uh, uh, Sabatini got him in a um, heel hook. Yes. And I don't think Jamal Emmers knew what was happening. Um, I He looked lost. He was holding on to the toehold, but if you have ever rolled with an experienced grappler before and you've um you try to get them in a toehold they don't tap to that stuff no they don't they're 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 so conditioned to that pain man i think if you bet this fight it's you know if jamal embers didn't get that knee injury i'd probably lead embers because i think he's the bigger more athletic um more explosive guy and he does have legit skills but i think if i had a lean it has to be ashka wolf oh 
Um, but like I said, you know, please, you know, I'm begging you guys as the viewers, don't bet this fight. Um, besides that, I mean, there's nothing else to say about this, to be honest. We can move on. I agree. I agree. Our next fight, Lena Landsberg and My Myra Bueno Silva. Bueno. I will ever bueno. Nothing is, everything is no bueno in this fight for betting. <laughs> I will tell you that much. <laughs> I, I think, um, God, low-level women's MMA, Lena Landsberg's 40 years old. <sighs> I mean, Mar Myra should win this fight. She's explosive with her hands, and she's got a wicked ground game on the floor. Um, the problem is she doesn't really use her wrestling to implement her game. How does she get it there exactly? Um, usually if like, if it's a clinch situation or like she could somehow get to your back in a standing position, then she'll try to wrestle you down, but she doesn't really use her wrestling. I think she has like one takedown her in her UFC career, which is crazy yeah. or one yeah. attempt rather. That's insane. And she has multiple submissions, which is in, like, which begs to, it, it brings up the question is like the fight IQ of her opponents. Yes. Just keep it standing against her. Don't, you know. I mean, it's hard because she's, again, she's got pop. Lena could win this fight if she just manages the distance and she just works her in the clinch. Because Lena, I don't think Myra's fought anyone that's as good as Lena in the clinch. Um, her, nickname, her, her nickname is literally the Elbow Queen. She's really good with her, her elbows, her elbows, her clinch work, her, her ability to move her opponents even at this age. And if you look at who she's lost to, she's already only lost to hammers. Yes. Like good, good fighters. So, yep. and, and stopped, you know, so I can't, we can't even, you know, we can't even bet the violence in this fight or anything of that nature of whether this fight's going to go to decision. There's just too many variables. And it, this is something that we're definitely going to stay away from. Um, she can't lay juice on people with bad fight IQ, especially yeah. at minus 400. So, you know, I think there's a fight that we should definitely move on from. I agree. So, but, um, now moving on to, I think this is the main card, correct? Nope, this is the prelim main event. Oh, okay. So it's Nazim Sadikov versus Evan Elder. Who? So, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> uh, what do you got for me for this fight? I don't have a, a bet or pick on this fight. I guess at the moment I'm kind of leaning Elder because he's plus money. But I wouldn't be surprised if either guy wins or loses. I think this fight maybe goes to decision, to be honest with you. Um, that's my initial read on it. Um, but I think it's going to be a good fight. I think it might be the best fight on the prelim card, maybe minus the, uh, Clayton, uh, Carpenter one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have a lot to say about this fight. Um, <laughs> I want to mirror what you said there because I, I agree with every point that you made. I think this is a show me fight yes. um, for future purposes and uh, exactly why I, I agree with you. I, I have no money on this fight, and I'm gonna, probably going to stay away from it. So, um, yeah, on to the next one, I'm assuming. Yeah, we can move on. Yeah, so now to kick off the main card, we have Jim Miller versus Alex Hernandez. Alex Hernandez taking this fight on short notice. And, um, you know, I... God, Alex Hernandez is a habitual line stepper, man. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. This guy, he's so talented, but it's like... If he can't get you out of there and within a round and a half, it's rough. It's tough sledding for him. It I really agree. is. Yep, I agree. And, you know, a seasoned vet like Jim Miller, I don't think he's going to sub Jim Miller. Alex Hernandez should win this fight, you know, with all everything that I'm about to say negatively about him. Um, Jim Miller is almost 40 years old. 
Alex has about 10 years of age on him. He's bigger. He's stronger. He's more explosive. Hits harder. I just don't know if I'm willing to lay, I think it's like minus 220 juice on him or yeah. something. That's crazy. You know, like, especially after his last performance um, where he fought Billy Quarantillo. And Billy Quarantillo, thank you, brother, because I made a ton of money betting on you that night. Um, you right. know, it was, it was, it was, it was red panty night. You know what I'm saying? Break out the red panties. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't red panty night for me. I tell you, uh, uh, I lost that. I lost that bet. Oh, that was dumb. I should have listened to you. No, it's all good, man. You know, like we, we, you know, we all, we all hit and miss sometimes, you know, but that fight, I told my brother and I called it word for word. I said, Alex is going to burst out him early. He's going to hurt him early. He's going to probably drop him. He's going to put him in some danger. But if he does not pack him up, you smash Alex in between rounds. And I smashed him. I pretty much, I almost emptied the bank account on Billy Q. And it paid out because he stopped, Billy Q stopped Alex Hernandez later in that round. Yes. You know, so it was, it was, it was a nice payday that day. Break out the red panties. You know, so I will say, um, you know, this fight. Alex should win, but it's probably going to be one of those spots again where I'm going to watch the first round, wait, assess. And listen, if I don't, if I don't put a bet on this fight because he's Alex stops him early, so be it. I'm willing to take that, but I'm willing to gamble more that Alex probably won't be able to pack up this old dog. Wait, see if Alex hurts him. The lines will change. They'll shift more in Alex's direction. I could get. Jim at higher dog numbers and Jim stops him late or Jim guillotines him, guillotines him after he shoots a lazy takedown attempt on him because he's so exhausted. Plus, he's taking the fight on last minute notice. So I just don't there's not a lot of there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of good reasons for me to put heavy money on Alex Hernandez in this fight. I agree. I find it very hard. He should win this fight. It's crazy, but not minus 220, not against against a guy. And they're like, oh, well, you know. I hear a lot of people out there saying, oh, well, he beat up two newcomers and retiring Cowboy. Yeah, but retiring Cowboy was retiring when he fought Alex Hernandez, too, and he beat the he beat the, beat the the dog shit out of him. Yeah. Let's just put it real like that. He beat the dog shit out of him. So, I, you know, I, Alex Hernandez, habitual line stepper, I, I, I'll keep my money in my pockets. You know what I'm saying? I'll put it into more finer things, you know, like a fine wine bottle or something, you know. A better fighter. How about that? You know, so <laughs> pretty much. So, and uh, speaking of uh, fights to stay away from, we got a doozy coming up: William Knight versus Marcin Prakniow. Prakniow. Yep. Oh man, <laughs> oh, low level. Yep. Low level, baby. Rough, rough. This is a light heavyweight fight. So, what's going to be interesting to see is if William Knight makes weight. Yeah, bets that he won't. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know, man. I w- I tell you what, if there was an over under for that, I take that. Yeah. <laughs> Break out the red panties. I might bet the whole account on it. That's cash. He probably doesn't make way. This guy is, you know, like if you look at this guy's physique, he is built like a gorilla. He yeah. is huge. He is strong. He is powerful, but he gasses. You know, he doesn't really have the best gas tank. And uh, he doesn't make the best fight decisions, in-fight decisions. Um, very dangerous stuff. Um, can crack. He hits extremely hard. Um, the violence lines for this fight are juiced, if I'm correct. I don't think there's any real good spots to bet this fight. And Marcin Prakniow, hmm, 
Mm. You know, that's how I, that's the best way to describe him. Mm. You know, this fight can be very ugly. Um, Procneau, I think his last fight was Felipe Linz. And I mean, Jesus Christ, Felipe Linz couldn't get him out. Yeah. But I think that speaks more on how bad Felipe Linz is. <laughs> who's, who's all in this card, by the way, if you forgot. Yes. Um, Again, a lot of bad heavyweight fights, a lot of bad fights on this card in general. It's just, it's rough. It's it's a rough card to bet on. And yeah, and the thing is too, like this can be this can be a quick knockout or this can be a sloppy decision. You know? That's why like even betting the knockout is I don't think it's the most appropriate thing to do because they could get tired and just hug each other and lay in each other for a couple of rounds, not throw too much volume, no one's in real danger of getting finished, and then it goes to decision. I mean, listen, you want, yep. a re- you want a real quick breakdown of this fight? Here we go. Procneau loses to Sam Alvey. Let me repeat that. He loses to Sam Alvey. <laughs> Somehow beats Khalil Roundtree. Um, beats Ike Venomuleva. I mean, but everybody beats Ike, unfortunately. I like Ike. <laughs> loses to Felipe Linz. Who? William Knight. Let's break this down. The Nightmare. First of all, love his nickname. Beats Alonzo Menafield. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Before that, loses to Dang Un Jung. And we know how we feel about Dang Un Jung in this uh, show here. Oof. Yes. Mid. <laughs> Very mid. And then gets knocked out by Devin Clark. Grappler, grappler heavy, grappler friendly, Devin Clark, by the way. So, again, quick breakdown. I think Procneau is the better striker of the two. William Knight, more the more powerful of the two. William Knight, I think, the better wrestler of the two. If I had to lean one way or another, it'd probably be William Knight. Am I betting this fight? Another hell no. <laughs> Get me away from this fight immediately. Guys, help desk. It's so, log out. Immediate assistance if you bet this fight. Matt, delete your account. Yeah, it's it's bad. It's pretty bad. Don't bet this fight, please. Oh, man. Arlene, well, at least my lean, I don't know my brother. If I had to make a a gun to the head, William Knight, I think, wins this fight. Am I going to bet on it? No. Because Procneau could easily just outstrike him. And do some weird stuff, and William Knight could just forget how to wrestle, and then just get gassed out. Yep. Whatever. This fight is ugly. William Knight's the lean, no bet. Yeah. Next same. Fight. Same. Same here. Same here. With William Knight. Yeah, I agree. Because he can wrestle, but he doesn't use it. So once again, bad fight IQ. No more than. Don't worry though, because we got another banger coming up. Oh. <laughs> we got Josh Parisian fighting Jamal Pogue. Who? Pogues, that's how you pronounce his name. Pogues, 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 Pogues. Just call him Jamal. Jamal P. (laughs) Jamal P. Jamal P. Let me see if he's got a nickname actually, real quick. The Stormtrooper. Oh, Oh, (laughs) damn! The Stormtrooper. What a god! (laughs) (laughs) I'm all in with the Star Wars references, man. We got we got a boy right here, the Stormtrooper right here, the Stormtrooper helmet, Darth Vader. You feel me? He's the guy. The design. Yeah. You understand what I'm saying? So, uh, uh, 
another fight where we don't really have anything to really say about this fight. I mean, listen, uh, Parisian made Dante Mays look like the second coming of uh, Randy the Natural Couture. <laughs> Barely beat uh, Alan Badu. <laughs> Lost to Parker Porter. Um, he got pulled from his last fight. And it was, it was, it, he got pulled from his last fight against Chase Sherman because he had some kind of, um, cardiac ish, uh, cardio issues. Like right. a, he had like a, I don't want to say he had like a cardiac attack, but like it was a cardiovascular issue. Yeah. He had some yeah. severe uh, issues where he had to pull out of that fight. And, uh, and then his opponent here, Jamal, the stormtrooper, Poguez, nine and three, Who? making his debut. Who? Uh, supposedly has some kind of wrestling background. I was kind of hard to find footage on this guy. Uh, I guess the way to beat Parisian is to wrestle him again. Dante Mays looking <laughs> like GSP. <laughs> I don't really have a pick on this. I listen. Yeah, I don't know. Poges, that's the pick. That's the pick. <laughs> Poges is the pick. Cash it. No bet. Cash it. <laughs> no, don't cash it. Yeah, don't, don't bet this it. fight either. Please. It's a joke. 1-800-GAMBLERS. Log out of your phone. Throw your phone in the toilet. Wait until this fight is over. Come back. Still don't bet this fight. Please. Yeah. It's, it's rough. It's, it's rough. bad, guys. Don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, Parisian, maybe he could win, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. This fight is, this fight is bad. And not only is this fight bad... This fight is the featured fight. It's the fe- it's the third fight on the main card. On the main card, it's the featured bout. My lord, UFC, what are you doing? Please, Ugh. it's so bad. Yeah, this card looks like it got um stuffed into a camping a camping uh swim thing. Well, not, not a camps and swim thing. Like um, what are the things that you go camping in? The the bag that you sleep in. Sleeping bag? <laughs> God. I think it's called a sleeping bag, bro. This this card is brain dead and it's making me go brain dead. Bruh. You know, it looks like a sleeping bag that Jason beat on. You know what I'm saying? Jason hung it from a tree and just started beating on it and slicing it up with his machete, man. You know, it's it oh God. I'm gonna move on. I'm not even I have no words for this fight. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I'm gonna move on. We're just gonna move on to the co-main, Let's and and then the co-main, whew, real doozy, man, real get, doozy get coming for, up with this one. Get, get ready for this co-main banger. Oh my God, Zach Puga versus Jordan Wright. Okay, what? that's the co-main, the co-main. A guy who just got starched his last fight versus a guy who, you know, his nickname's the Beverly Hills Ninja. Dog. <laughs> <laughs> ay, ay, ay. Oh my goodness. What do you got for me for this fight, man? Okay. You want the real? Zach Pauga. That's it. <laughs> I think that's my pick. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe there's a bet somewhere in here. Maybe. Maybe there's a bet somewhere in here. But my God, man. It's rough. It's rough. I mean, okay. To get a little serious. No money No money on that fight, by the way. No money. The no bet. Just yeah. this is a lean. Yeah. Lean it's not is, even a lean. We're just like, look, this is just who I think might win the fight. Uh, and pick Purely from a pick standpoint, not a bet, not a betting standpoint. I'm not talking about any kind of money on this fight. 
as of yet. If I do change my mind, you know, we'll put it on Twitter. We'll see. Um, Palga trains with, you know, wrestlers, trains particularly Curtis with Curtis Blades. Mm-hmm. Um, was winning the uh, Mohammed uh, Usman fight until he wasn't. But he wasn't fighting at, like, his natural weight. Like, lightweight. Light heavyweight is his weight class. And he did the ultimate fighter as a heavyweight. Made it to the final. Again, was winning the fight until he wasn't. Um, this is a better weight class for him. He's coming down. Jordan Wright is moving up. From 85, yep. From 185, so. Beverly Hills Ninja, man. I mean, <laughs> I mean, listen, Beverly Hills Ninja could do some ninja stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's got like six minutes of cardio and then b- before it all goes downhill i think if uh i think pauga is uh a smart fighter i think he could uh withstand the uh ninja barrage from uh coming from beverly hills over here and uh maybe win the fight i think i don't know yeah, I, yeah. The lean, the lean's definitely Zach Pauga. I think he has better distance management. I think he, you know, keeps himself out of trouble. Um, you know, a lot more than Jordan Wright does. Um, yeah, he lost to Muhammad Usman, but Muhammad Usman is a giant man in a weight class that he probably shouldn't have been fighting in. To be quite frank, um, just to lead off, you know, my brother here, he's correct in everything that he said. And yeah, I would say Zach Pauga is the lean here, but you know, for this to be a, as a co-main on a main card, ugh. God, would I, would I be surprised if Jordan Wright did some ninja stuff and just just blitz them and knock them out? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, I wouldn't be that surprised to be honest. Uh, would I be surprised if he gassed out and Zach Palga decided to you know just lean on him and you know either eek out uh, eek eek is eek a word? Yeah, ink ick. I don't know. Whatever. Get a decision, <laughs> or maybe even. Uh, even maybe even knock him out, possibly, possibly. Uh, either way, um, staying away from this fight. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a stay, tough one. Stay away from now. I don't think it's as bad as like the Parisian Poges fight, or even the William Knight Procnia fight, or even the uh, OSP Linz fight. You can just notice all the bad fights I'm naming. <laughs> this card is rough. But um, but yeah but yeah and I agree and and it's not as bad but the problem is these guys are both in kind of a prove prove it spot I think Jordan Wright is like one in four in his last you know five or something like that or one in three he's he's on a bad losing streak if I'm correct oh my yeah. bugging no he is I'll tell you right now exactly yeah he's, uh... yeah that's the thing he's on a bad losing streak um, Puga is moving down in weight Jordan's coming up in weight. I just think that there's too many variables in this fight for me to feel comfortable putting my hard-earned money on it. And um, what I will say is that um, I think I think Puga should win the fight, but, you know, when it's low-level big men or low-level women's fights or just low-level MMA in general, it's always just a dangerous play, And um, which is exactly why I'm, you know, I mean, you had a whole interview, if I'm correct, the other day with Jordan Wright talking about how he was working with a wrestling coach. Dude, if you're gonna fight Zach Puga, you don't wrestle him. He's training with Curtis Blades. That's like going up. That's like Strickland when he was saying, "Oh, I'm gonna stand with with, with Perea." Look how that turned out. Left hook from hell. This dude's left hand is Thor's hammer, and you're gonna stand up with him. Elite level kickboxer. Perea is arguably um, one of the top three to five best kickboxers ever to compete, ever. 
and you're going to stand with him? All right, bro. Good GG. Good luck on you, man. Look how that turned out for you. So Jordan Wright talking about grappling already in this fight against a guy who trains with Curtis Blades and is a pretty good athlete. All right, bro. GG, man. Go, good luck. Figure it out. Pack him up. You know, Zach Puga full of lean. These boys ain't getting my money. We out to the, we out to the main event. <laughs> Sound game plan. Sound game plan. See if it works. You're right. You're right. Move on. Um, and now for the main event, which, by the way, is a phenomenal fight. It, which kind of, you know, this is what we, we're going to wade through all of this trash. You know, it's going to be like uh, Andy Dufresne swim, in Shawshank Redemption swimming through shit just to get to the end. He swam like four football fields. This is going to feel like four football fields considering how bad this card is. But Jessica Andrade versus Aaron Blanchfield. Jessica Andrade coming in to take this fight on short notice after, um, short notice after Talia Santos fell out. Um, God, this is... I would have to lean Jessica in this fight. <sighs> yeah, this one's a little tough. I'll be honest. I do want to put some money on this fight. But this is definitely one that like, I'm going to be making last minute. You guys definitely have to follow us on Twitter. Um, we're definitely going to be releasing some uh, pick on this, this upcoming uh, towards later this week. Because this is also a tough fight to bet on. Because it, it could... It could get stopped, but I could see Jessica being able to handle herself on the floor if Aaron takes her down. I could see Jessica getting up to her feet. I could see Jessica stopping Aaron. I could, there's also a possibility Aaron dog walks Jessica on the floor. Yeah. Because her jiu-jitsu is that strong and her top game is that strong. I don't know. This is a very tough fight to bet on. Um, to be honest, I might be interested in the over-under props for this fight. That's probably what draws me to this fight. Possibly. Um, possibly. I, I would probably around and a half. It is a five round fight. Um, Aaron, this is gonna be Aaron's first five round fight. Um, the problem is I don't know if she's gonna be able to deal with Jessica's pressure for a round and a half. Yeah. That's the thing. Jessica's pressure just breaks people. Yeah. And she is just a tank of a woman. So it it's a tough fight to bet on. I feel like I want to bet on this fight. But I definitely am not going to give you a pick right now because even I'm still trying to find places to give you guys an assured pick for this fight or an assured bet. If I had to lean gun to the head right now, I'm going to say Jessica's going to win this fight. Um, but I, I'm not a bet. I'm going to find a prop for us to bet on. Like I said, I think you guys are going to follow us on Twitter and then we'll drop some stuff for you guys and let you guys know more or less like where we're going to, you know, where we're going to find our spots on this uh, for this fight. But Unlike the rest of the fights, this is a phenomenal fight. Yes. It is. It's a great fight. It's, it's a great, a great fight. fight. We're going to learn a lot about Aaron Blanchfield in this fight, which is another reason why it's very scary to bet on. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, Jessica, you know, she's she's a badass woman, boy. And, oh, yeah. she, and I feel like she's as uh, experienced as she is and as long as she's been in the game, I feel like she's getting better. I mean, I wouldn't look too deep into her last fight where she kind of just dog walked... Um, What's the uh, Lauren Murphy? Yeah. Yeah. You poor know? Lauren, man. That fight should have been stopped earlier too, yeah. man. And, and so you don't look too deep into that fight the same way you don't look too deep into Aaron Blanchfield's last fight against uh, Molly McCann because mm. she dog walked Molly too. Bad. Bad. Um, I think this fight literally comes down to one question. How good is Aaron Blanchfield's wrestling? I agree. I agree a hundred percent. And, um, and honestly, listen, I just want, you know, I just want the viewers to look into this camera right here. 
listen very closely to us when we tell you guys not to bet this card. Help desk. Please get all the assistance you need. Even DM one of us if you have to. If you have to DM one of us, DM the AOK, uh, the, the AOK Instagram, the AOK Twitter. Or if you want to reach out to one of us directly, that's cool too. We will console you through these times. <laughs> Do not bet on this fight. Do not bet on this card. Um, the, this card is rough in a lot, a lot more ways than none. You know, even some of the, the picks that we feel strong about, we're skeptical about putting money on it. And you know why? Because there's a lot of prove-it fights on this card. A lot of it. Yeah. Whether it's newcomers or people that are just habitual line steppers or people that just have poor fight IQ or people that, that's, you know, fights that there's just too much volatility in the fights. You're hitting all the check marks, brother. Got to stay away from this fight. Got to stay away from these fights. Sorry, in plural. Yeah. This stay away fights. from this card. You know, 1-800-GAMBLERS, you do what you got to do. And trust me, whether you hit one of us up or you hit up one of those sites, uh, help centers, where they can get you some assistance. Everything's going to be a-okay. And they will definitely save you and your money all day long. Please, please don't bet this card. Yep. We'll release some, we'll release some um, of our possible bets later on this week. Definitely follow us on Twitter. And um, I think that just about wraps it up. And we're only going to recommend things that we're pretty confident in. So, yes, yes. And, and you know, that's, that's the honest to God truth, you know. So, but listen, guys, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, please be sure to follow us on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And for your YouTube viewers, please like, subscribe, comment, hit the notification bell. And for all of our listeners who don't like videos but will listen to audio, Spotify, Apple, and Google. Yes. All right. Peace. We'll holla at you guys. Save your money. Everything's going to be A-OK. A-OK all day, baby. You already know. Act as a combat. Thank you for tuning in.